Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Okay, you can be seated. Well, we are going to be flipping our switch today. (laughs) And yes, we are going to do part two. And uh, I I had a lot of uh, feedback from last week. And so, and some of the feedback was, you know, they loved the message and it really ministered to them and they loved the skit and they they liked all the illustrations and everything. But there were certain things they heard where they did, where they heard how to do it wrong, but they didn't hear how to do it right. So today I'm going to be sharing a little more emphasis on how to do it right and, uh, and get into a little more detail on flipping our switch. Amen. And I want to just do a quick review for those that were not here last week. Uh, actually, before I do that, though, I want to thank everybody for helping out all those that were involved in the gala on Friday night. I want to just give you my deepest gratitude and thanks for what you did, whether you came, supported it, our ambassadors that put it together, our staff that was involved in putting it together. Uh, it was a great night of success. Uh, we don't know how much we brought in yet because we're not going to be counting and all that and figuring that out until this week. But uh, we do believe we did well and we just appreciate everyone that was a part of it. I made one error last week and I said we had between 50 and 60 ladies that have come through our doors since we opened three and a half years ago, but I was wrong. We've had over 80 ladies come through our doors, and the statistics remain the same of those that are walking in freedom is what I shared last week, which is those that have graduated, we have a 78% success rate. Those that stayed in for, you know, anywhere from several weeks to several months, maybe didn't graduate, we have a 60% success rate. And so I was figuring it out last night. I was trying to think in my head, how many people does that impact? And... um, Really, it impacts all of, the, all of the family members, all of those that care about them. It makes a difference in their lives, too. It's not just the woman that we change and impact, but it is a growing thing, and it's going to only get greater and greater in the days ahead as we get better and better at doing it. So, again, I want to thank everybody for uh, whatever part they played. Uh, maybe you weren't able to go and support the gala, but maybe you sent a donation towards it or, or just prayed for it. Whatever you did, we appreciate it, and I just want to thank everybody for what they did. Amen? Now, I am going to just do that quick review. First of all, last week I talked about how light always dispels darkness. You know, darkness is there, but when you turn on a light switch, when you flip that switch, the light comes on. But the light is always hooked into power. It can't come on without power. If it's not connected to the power source, it cannot come on. And so... We have a power source as believers. How many know that? We are connected to the power of God. We have that connection. We need to be wired up to him and be able to tap into the power of God when we need it. And every time darkness is prevalent in our life, we need to turn the light on. We need to flip the switch. We need the power of God to operate in and through us. And we have the ability to do that simply by flipping the switch. And so we're going to get into a little more detail on how to flip the switch today. Are you ready? I'm going to first read uh, Acts 26, verse 17 to 19. And it says this, and I will rescue you. And by the way, this is, um, this, this chapter in Acts, this portion of scripture I'm reading, just for time's sake, I took part of what Jesus said to the apostle Paul when he knocked him off his horse on the way to Damascus. 
Okay, so what I'm about, what, the part I'm reading, that's, this is Jesus speaking to Paul, telling him what's going to happen, what he's going to do. He says, I will rescue you from both your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light. So Jesus had a mandate that he gave the Apostle Paul, and that was that he was to speak to the Gentiles to turn from darkness to light. God has a purpose for each and every one of us, and that is every day we need to turn from darkness to light. That's his calling. That's what he wants us to do with the, with the circumstances that we are in every day. And from the power of, of Satan to God. Again, referring to the darkness as being the power of Satan, Satan does have an ability. He doesn't really have power, but he has the ability to deceive us and convince us of things. And that's, what it, that's how he operates. So to turn from the power of Satan to God, then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place amongst God people who are set apart by faith in me. So this is the mandate that Jesus gave Paul, who was at that time Saul, and, and when he was on his, on his way to Damascus, he knocked him off his horse and he, and he said, you know, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then he went on to tell him that he was to go to Damascus and he was to wait there. And, um, and that, that his, his mission was he was going to be sent to the, to the Gentiles and that he was going to cause them to turn from darkness to light. Every one of us, every day of our lives, we face darkness but we have opportunity for light in, in every situation, in every relationship that we have. And so everything that we say or do or think is either coming from darkness or light. You know, there's no middle ground. We, we're either operating in the kingdom of darkness or we're operating in the kingdom of light. And so what we have to understand, though, is if we find ourselves operating in the kingdom of darkness and doing or saying things or even thinking things that we know in our hearts are contrary to God's will and contrary to love and joy and peace and the things that God wants us to experience, then we need to know that we have to flip our switch. And that means we have to do something different than what we're doing. See, flipping your switch requires thinking before you speak and act and checking on your heart as to why you are thinking to do or act or say something that would be from the kingdom of darkness. Because we all do things out of motives in our hearts. There's reasons. I, I have another message I'm hoping to put together soon. It's called, why, 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 why? And, and I like to do this with myself a lot of times because I find myself sometimes when I'm getting stressed out or I, I might get caught up in doing something that I shouldn't be doing or thinking in a wrong way or having bad feelings. If I ask myself why up to five times, I usually find the answer with the help of the Holy Spirit, obviously, showing me, because I always ask the Holy Spirit, show me what's going on inside of me right now. Reveal to me what I'm feeling. Reveal to me what I'm thinking. And so if you ask yourself why five times and answer honestly, you'll get to the root. It's quiet in here. And sometimes it's just selfish motive. Sometimes it's fear. 
right? Fear of something. A lot of times it's rooted in some form of fear. Sometimes it's just, I, I might get rejected or, uh, you know, and so we have these motives that, that are subconsciously in our hearts and they're causing us to think and act in a certain way. And so in order to flip your switch, sometimes you've got to ask yourself, why? Why do I want to do this? And keep asking yourself why until you get to the answer. And it's, it can take up to five times to get to the answer. But this is what we need to learn to do. Now, 2 Timothy 2, 23 to 26 says this. Again, I say to you, don't get involved. Now, here's our problem right here. We get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments. Right? We get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments with our spouses, with our children, with our parents, with people we work with. You know, we're, we're prone to get into arguments. And I'll tell you, there is a reason for that. And it's, the root reason is often pride. And what does God say? He resists the proud, right? And he lifts up the humble. So... It says, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. How many of you have found yourself in a relationship that you intended it to go well, but you found yourself in a fight? Raise your hands. Nobody, there's some of you here that have never found yourself in a fight. <laughs> I don't, Pastor Rick's calling it intense fellowship, right? But uh, no. But, and then it goes on to say, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel. Must not quarrel. A servant of the Lord. In other words, if you're a servant of the Lord, you will not quarrel. It's really quiet in here this morning. So if you're quarreling all the time in your marriage or with your kids or with other people in your life, then you are not truly serving God. Oh. <laughs> what I mean by that is you're not submitting to him, his word. Because his word says not to quarrel. His word says to humble yourself, right? You didn't think I was going to come up here and spank you all, did you? But anyway... <laughs> A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to some people. <laughs> no. Yeah, everyone. Must be kind to everyone to be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Difficult people. We have difficult people in our lives. Right? <laughs> some of you think this is funny. Okay. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth, okay, then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. So in other words, the difficult people that might be in your life are caught in the devil's trap. They're caught in the devil's trap. And you reacting and quarreling with them and being unkind to them and, you know, just allowing the trap that they're in to determine your disposition and your attitude, then you're going to get caught in the devil's trap too. But it tells us in the scripture how we get out of that. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants, whatever the devil wants. So there are things we can do and say 
that will start fights. Proverbs 30, 33 says, at the beating of, as the beating of cream yields butter and striking the nose causes bleeding, so stirring up anger causes quarrels. So in other words, if you're in an environment with somebody and they're already upset or they're angry or they're not in a good mood or they're saying and acting in an unkind way themselves or they're being difficult to get along with, you have to be very careful how you talk to that person. And it tells us right in, the, in 2 Timothy, what I just read, it tells us what we're supposed to do. It says a servant of the Lord must not quarrel. Number one, don't quarrel. Number two, be kind. Be kind to everyone. Be able to teach. Be patient with difficult teach people. Gently instruct them. So we're supposed to be kind to those people, patient with them, gently instruct them, and know who your real enemy is. Know that they're not your real enemy. They're trapped by the enemy. The enemy is speaking in and using them because of whatever's going on in their hearts, and they're caught up in something. And so Life is going to happen to us. And when life happens to us, we're always going to find ourselves in situations where we do not like the circumstance. We don't like maybe what someone's saying or doing to us. We don't like what's going on around us. We don't like maybe how our neighbors are. Or we don't like how our husband talks to us or our wife. Or we don't like, you know, how our kids are behaving. Or we don't like certain things. And yet, we still cannot use those things as an excuse to say and do hurtful things or to retaliate, or oppose them. But we do have a plan of what we could do. But you have to flip your switch in order to remember there's a plan that I have to follow here. There's some steps I need to take in order to defuse an argument, to stop a fight, to stop things from escalating out of control so that I end up caught in a trap too and in a situation that I don't want to be in. Now, Des and Kim and the drama team did a skit last week, and I believe that they're here this morning. And they gave three scenarios last week of uh, where, where um, Kim was trying to teach them to flip their switch, but they weren't in agreement with flipping their switch. And they were saying all the wrong things. And so this morning they're going to come out, and they're going to try again. And we're going to see how it goes. Last week's practice on adjusting our attitude was, whew, well, it was hard. <laughs> it was hard on you. <laughs> I don't think it went over well for any of us, Bradley. Oh, it went over well for you, Kim. <laughs> yeah, over the edge. <laughs> I'm crazy! <laughs> so I went out and I got each of us a switch so that today we don't have to share. Oh, oh no, 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 I, I don't need a switch. Oh, yes, you do. Yeah, Brad, what kind of four-year, what kind of father throws out his four-year-old out of the house when he leaves his coat on the floor? Uh, she was five. And if you don't like it, and if you don't like it, and if you don't like it, you can leave. That was good, Des. <laughs> that was real good. <laughs> Almost as good as, so then I staple it to his forehead. 
attitude adjustment. Okay. Enough. Listen, we're all here to practice adjusting our attitudes because we've got to learn that we need to respond in situations that get under our skin. Respond, not react with yelling or manipulation. Or the silent treatment, like that. Okay, Bradley, just, just give it a try. I told you, I don't need the switch. I literally flipped the switch this last week. Wow. Really? Wow. Yeah, I, I came home from work and I tripped over one of my kids' backpacks. Oh no. When I put my hands out to brace my fall, I hit the, the light switch. <laughs> okay. And when the lights went out, I heard my kids say, he's got a blow! So, so did you? <sighs> Almost. See, in that split second, when the light went out, Wonderful! Yeah. What did you do next? Well, I got all four kids to come down in the mudroom. With my hands still on the switch, I said, tomorrow, when I come home from work, this room better be tidy, or there will be consequences. Wonderful! Wow. Good for you, Bradley. Mm -hmm. You know, giving your children a consequence is a wonderful way to discipline them, and you did it without yelling. That's fantastic. I didn't yell. I didn't yell. Good. So, so what kind of consequence did you give oh, them? Oh, no. Oh, no. I didn't give one yet. I believe in suspense. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I've, uh, I've decided to have my neighbor over for a barbecue. So his dog can have a poop fest all over your yard? <laughs> no, Andrea. <laughs> Actually, I've decided to invite all of my neighbors over for a barbecue. Oh, kind of like, kind of like an intervention. Yeah. Well, well, no, no. I, I was thinking more like, you know, killing him with kindness. Ah, <laughs> oh, my goodness, it's still there. Um, <laughs> flip the switch. Good, got it. Good, okay, I get it. Well, I was thinking, you know, I would stop his dog from doing that. Okay. You know by just um, initiating a truce. You know, be beating him to the punch. Oh, wow, it's still in there. Um, I'm sorry, this is, this is a lot harder than no, I thought. No, Des, that's, that's a really good try. I, I, I honestly feel that you're on the right track here, okay? Because okay. Um, like inviting your neighbor over for a barbecue is a wonderful way to demonstrate kindness to him. You know, and by initiating the ceasefire, I think you're really going to de-escalate the situation. And then by having all of your neighbors over for the barbecue as well, you're gonna create a friendly atmosphere that's gonna be non-confrontational. So okay. it's a good idea and a great start. Good yeah, job. Good, good luck with that. We're barbecuing hot dogs. <laughs> I'm Andrea! Yes! Andrea! What's for dinner? Okay, I got this. Okay, good. What you got? Well, dear, you see, I haven't thought about dinner. I'm just getting home myself. Hey, why don't we go make something to eat together? I did it! You did! Wow, yeah. Yes! Excellent! And I bet you feel great.
great too, don't you? I do. Good for you. Wow, guys. Okay, so this practice was so much better than last week. I'm really proud of you. I'm thinking that no, maybe. No, no, no. What, what, what about you? It's, it's your turn. Yeah. Yeah. What about those way too liberal Christian friends? Uh huh. Well, <laughs> in light of eternity, what does their opinion really matter to me? You're not bothered by their lack of a biblical worldview concerning the circumstances and events that are plaguing our nation? So you're not bothered by the millennials posting and reposting whatever they see without researching the facts? Unfollow. <laughs> but what about the biased media coverage that's driving our, our planet further and further to hell in a handbasket? What about that? Your words, not mine. Uh, Kim, Kim, where, where are you going? Going for a walk. Ooh, she's so good. Wow, she's real good. How many can relate? You know, God gives us the tools. He does not leave us. He doesn't, God never expects us to do, tells us to do things that we cannot do, that he doesn't give us the ability to do. He gives us all we need in order that we can do the things he's called us to do. And 1 Peter 5, verse 6, it says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. What does that mean? When I humble myself under the mighty power of God, what I do is I go to God when I'm in a situation that I know that I may not handle well, and I tell God, God, I can't do this without you. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I need your help right now. And I'm calling on the power of God, the spirit of God on the inside of me to give me the ability to deal with this situation and reveal to me even my own heart and motives in it. Because I can't always change other people, but I can definitely change myself. And sometimes we put expectations on other people that they can't measure up to. So it says here, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. You know, sometimes it's not the right time to deal with a situation. Sometimes you do need to go for a walk or wait for a while until you can get to the root of your own motives and until you can get into the right frame of thinking and get that direction from God. You don't have to always deal with everything in the moment it upsets you. In fact, that's the worst time to deal with it because it's then that you're probably going to do the wrong thing. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you. In other words, give it to God. Say, God, you know, I can't handle my husband right now. He's still leaving that dish rag on the counter. <laughs> you had to be here last week for that. It was funny because on Friday, I, had, I was out all morning uh, doing stuff for the gala, getting ready. And when I came home, he had immaculately cleaned the kitchen. It was all, he'd done a lot of work in the house while I was gone. And, and he did a lot. And I was really grateful for that. And... Uh, but I did still see that dish rag where it always is. And uh, I didn't do anything, though. And later on, um, Brian Travail came over for, to help us with something in the house. And I, and I said to Brian, Were you, did you hear the message last week? And he said, yes. And I said, look at that. 
<laughs> and he laughed because uh, it was as I said. But, um, but you know what? Every time, you know, when you see something that your spouse or your kids habitually do, and you've told them a hundred times not to, and definitely there's things I do, um, that you, you, you can irritate and upset each other. And we focus on those things rather than on the good things and the things that we like and appreciate about them. And so you have to learn how to focus on the good things. And, you know, there's other words, you know, I'm, I'm saying flip the switch. But it's those little things that can escalate into huge arguments and hurts and, and bring about strife and division in a home, which renders you powerless. You're, you've invited demons into your home. And you're cutting yourself off from the power of God and from the blessings of God and, and, and from all that God wants you to have. And it's discouraging. And it starts just by sometimes opening your mouth and making that digging comment or that criticism that you didn't need to say. See, humbling yourself means submitting to God, his will, trusting him. God calls us to love our enemies and to do good to them. And our spouses and our children really are not our enemies. But sometimes we treat them like they are. I'm going to continue reading out of 1 Peter. It says, stay alert. In other words, beware. Be on guard. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you've suffered a little while, he will restore support and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. God will use the difficult people in your life to develop you, to develop your character, to cause you to grow closer to him, to cause you to trust in him. To cause you to know that only he can change them, but he wants you to focus on changing you. It's really quiet in here. You know, there is a real devil. And he really is out to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's out to hurt you. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants you to hurt your children and damage them. He wants to divide and tear apart families. That is his goal. And the whole reason he is able to do it is we refuse to flip our switch. And we don't humble ourselves before him. And we don't call on him for help. And we don't, you know, focus on changing ourselves. We're so focused on changing our spouse or changing our kids or changing. And I'm not saying we don't ever have conversations, but you, you do, but at a right time and in a right way. See, we have these false expectations. If you think that the people in your life, whether it's your husband or your children or your friends or the people you work with, are going to be completely focused on how you feel and on what you need and that they are obligated to cater to your feelings and to your needs, then you're setting yourself up for disappointment and failure in your relationships. Because there's no way any person could ever meet your needs. Only God can. 
So if you're focused on yourself and you're living for yourself and your expectation is that everybody around you should be focused on you and living for you, then you're in trouble. But if you die to yourself and you focus on the, meeting the needs of others in your life, then you've won the victory and you have learned to flip the switch. See, flipping the switch means we get up in the morning and we go to God and we say, God, help me make life better for those around me rather than expect them to make my life better. When we make other people's lives better, then our life will be better. Because selfish ambition, wrong motives, selfishness and pride will always make you say and do the wrong things. It all boils down to what's really in your heart. And that's why it's so important to ask why. Why do I feel this way? Why am I thinking this way? What is my expectation here? God, what do you think about that? See, our thoughts need to be focused on what's God want me to do? And whatever it is I'm afraid of happening, can I trust God with that? Can I trust him? Because it all boils down to trusting him. See, there's only one way we can change. And that's trusting him. Jesus said, without him, we can do nothing. But he also said, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So he gives us the strength. He gives us the ability. He helps us become that person that we need to be that can make a difference in our lives. I want peace in my home. I want love in my relationships, right? I don't want strife and division and fear and anxiety. And you might think, well, you don't know what my husband is like, or you don't know what my wife is like, or you don't know what my kids are like. You know what? I don't, but God does. And it only takes one person starting. And it might be a period of long suffering for a while where you feel like you're the only one. But if you trust God and you allow him to lead you and to be that person that makes a difference, eventually those around you will begin to change. They'll either change or they'll get out of your life. But God will have his way for you. Because God's called us to live in peace. He's called us to live in joy. But he's called us to love our enemies. And he's called us to long suffer. And to be patient and kind. That's what he's called us to. Now there's other areas. I've been talking a lot about relationships. But there's other areas we need to flip our switch. And you know when, you, when you're in a situation in life. And you know sometimes we see people come in. And they come to the Lord. And, and maybe they start to grow a little bit as a Christian. But then they get stuck in something. Maybe they get offended. Or maybe you know they get persecuted at work. And the Bible tells us in the sower of the seed parable. That that's going to happen. And a lot of people backslide over those things. But you know what. It's so important that we stay in the word. And the devil will do everything in his ability. To keep you out of the word. And that's another area you need to flip your switch because you need to make a decision. I am going to get in the word of God. I am going to set some time aside on a regular basis to get in God's word. And, th and it's crucial that you do that because the word of God is what's going to change you. Psalm 119.11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. But if you don't hide his word in your heart, 
You're not going to know what you're supposed to do. You're not going to know the power that you're plugged into. That's like the power switch, the light switch that's plugged into the power source. When you get in the word of God, you are plugging into the power source. And that word, whether you feel like it or not, is getting planted in your heart and it's beginning to do a work. And if you, if you are consistently getting into the word, then it will come up. It'll rise up in you when you need it. But if you don't get it in there, it's not going to be there to do that. And you know, the thoughts, it's in the thought life that we need to flip the switch because the devil will do anything to keep you out of his word. He'll tell you you're too busy. He'll tell you you're too tired. You don't have time. He'll tell you that you don't understand it. You don't know where to start. It's overwhelming. It doesn't make sense. He'll give you all these reasons to not get in his word. But when those thoughts come in your head, you need to flip the switch and you can say, no, I am going to do this. I am going to set a time to get in the word of God. You know, I spend every morning, pretty well every morning, there's the odd morning I miss, but pretty well every morning I, I get out and I have, I have a consistent reading pattern of the Bible and I journal scriptures that God speaks to me about and I'll spend 20 minutes to half an hour just reading the Bible, journaling scriptures. And over time, it doesn't always work instantly, but those, the scripture gets in you. It gets in you and it begins to change you. It affects you. James 1.21 says, So get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God that is planted in your heart for it has the power to save your souls. See, the word the Bible says is powerful. It has the power to help you discern the thoughts and intents in your heart. It has the power to change you. It has the power to, to give, it's the power source. It, it keeps you plugged into the power source so that you have what you need when you need to turn the light on. And the enemy will always try. And so when, when the enemy comes along and says, you know, you're, you don't have time, then you need to say, I'm flipping the switch here. I'm going to make time. I'm making time because it's my power. The Holy Spirit will reveal what I need to know in the word. The word will change me. We need to say that out loud when the excuses come. And then we need to pray. And again, we have the same excuses. I don't know how. I'm too tired. No time. I don't feel like it. Flip the switch. You know, one thing I like to say when, when the devil's trying to talk me out of prayer is I get an audience with the creator of heaven and earth, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the mighty God. I get to talk to him. I get to spend time with him. I get to spend time in his word. And sometimes you have to say those things out loud to fight the excuses that are coming up inside of you. And that's flipping the switch. Get a plan. Ephesians 6, 13 to 18, it says, Therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold on to the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. 
See, just reading in Ephesians 6 there, that, that gives me all the tools I need to be plugged into the power switch. So that when that person, that difficult person in my life comes up to me and does something or says something that upsets me, I'm going to respond the right way and not start World War II. Right? If we're in constant strife and division, then we're not listening to the Lord and we're not doing what he's called us to do. We're missing it. We are missing it. I want to read the scripture, and in, in, uh, I love this scripture, in 1 Peter 3, verse 8 to 12. It says, finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other. That means try and understand each other. Put yourself in their shoes. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted. Keep a humble attitude. Again, these are all ways you flip the switch. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. And he will bless you for it. How many wants God's blessing? And then he says, he will bless you for it. For the scriptures, the word says, if you want to enjoy life and you want to have many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace. Work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right and his ears are open to their prayers. His ears are open to their prayers prayers. In other words, if you are in constant strife and division and fighting and bickering and retaliating and reacting and putting down and operating in sarcasm and blowing up and doing all of that stuff, you are cutting yourself off from having your prayers answered. It's true. Now, if you've done that, you can repent, <laughs> get back on track. You know, that's what God wants us. But God, you're powerless when you're in strife and division. And you're operating out of your flesh. You render yourself powerless. The power is there for you. It's available for you. All you have to do is flip your switch and you get back into it. Right? You get back into it. So it's all about whether we're willing to flip our switch. And I'm going to end with this part. And that's on, you know, we are called as believers, to be ministers of reconciliation. In other words, we're called to, to be a witness. We're a light in the darkness. We're, we're the, Jesus said we're like a lamp that's supposed to be set on a hill to shine so everybody could see and know him because of our good works. And God, his whole purpose for sending Jesus was to reconcile man to him, to bring people back to him. And we are to be, we're called to be soul winners. And yet so often we listen to the lies in our own mind of why we don't share our faith or why we don't step out and do the things that God wants us to do so that we can be that light in the darkness. And, and uh, Pastor Rick and I are going to be doing a series coming up where we're going to empower and teach you all the different ways to reach the lost. Because we have a great opportunity coming up with Christmas coming and that's one of the best times to reach the lost. And there's things we can do so that we're successful at it. But we have to have peace in our homes. I mean, I love what they say about Christmas. What, what is it? Peace on earth and goodwill to men. Jesus came to bring us peace in our hearts. Not everybody's going to like us because of that, 
but he's called us to that. And so, you know, we have thoughts that come in our minds that will disqualify us from sharing our faith with others and thinking, well, I can't do it, or I won't say it right, or I don't know enough, or I don't know the scripture, or, you know, they're going to reject me, or what will they think about me, and, and, you know, I'm concerned about my reputation. And we can think all these things, but we need to flip the switch and trust God and rely on the Holy Spirit and know that their salvation is more important than our reputation. See, we need to know what God thinks. We're here to please him, not ourselves, not man. But in doing so, God will give us great relationships. And he'll give us the ability to do things that we can't do on our own. And so when we get those thoughts that are contrary to the word of God, it says cast down every thought, every imagination, every high thing that exalts itself against God's word. And that requires flipping the switch. And all we do is begin to speak out loud the opposite of what those negative thoughts are saying. Speak out loud to yourself. Don't do it in front of people. They'll think you're crazy. But get somewhere where you can say it out loud. The opposite of what your thoughts are saying. You got to talk to yourself and ask for God's help. And He'll give you the ability to overcome the negative thought life, whatever it may be. There's many other areas we can take flipping the switch into, and there's so many areas, but you know what? These are the these are the important ones, our relationships, our relationship with God, knowing His Word, sharing our faith. We need to do this, and we can do this. And the only thing that would disqualify us from doing it is your, your own thoughts. And whatever those thoughts are, you need to cast them down. And you need to say, I'm going to flip my switch. I'm turning the tables. I'm changing things. Today is the day. It's a new day. His mercies are new every morning. Amen. Let's all stand up.